This is the Scott Bradley Show podcast. John, the big news of the day today, I think uh, you probably were as shocked as I think a lot of people are. Maybe we shouldn't be shocked by this anymore because it's been a bit of a long, slow descent. But Tiger Woods today getting busted for drunk driving down in Florida. First of all, were you surprised when you heard this? Even though he has been on this seemingly slow decline. Are you still surprised when you hear this stuff? Yeah, I am. I mean, guys of his uh, stature should we should everybody should know better. Guys like him who make millions of dollars a year off endorsement um, contracts that generally have a morality clause in them and I'm no wizard, but some of those guys paying him a lot of money to not play golf might be looking for a way out. But when you've got that much cash, why are you driving yourself anyway? It, well, no, yes. that Aside from the fact he should know better. But even if you drive to a club, even if your plan is not that night to go get wasted, if you get to the club... Figure it out. Get leave home. your car and let someone else drive you home. I, you're right. I'm, I'm stunned by the stupidity, quite frankly. 7 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> it's been a long night. Been, yeah. Well, geez. I but, mean, even if you start at midnight... It's a big shift. But think about, I mean, he's, frankly, he's really, really lucky in this case because we know from past experience that he's not always great behind the wheel. This whole decline started when he ran into a fire hydrant with his car. Yes. Um, and I'm, I'm being a little silly, but let, let's be serious about one part. Can you imagine if Tiger Woods had actually, and we always say this, if he had hit someone with or crashed into someone while he was drunk, first of all, the lawsuit he's facing is astronomical. And the second thing is, it's no longer just, and I say the word just, it's no longer just Tiger Woods in his mugshot, and it's like, oh, what a stupid guy for doing this. He's no longer a joke if that happens. He's he's a pariah. He really is. If he had hurt someone when he was driving drunk, he would be not a guy who you just say, ah, oh, you know, Tiger Woods is done. He would be a guy you would who would be in the public scorn. Yeah, it doesn't do it doesn't do anything for your image when you get nailed like that, and it doesn't matter who you are. It's been the demise of politicians, anybody that is a public figure. I mean, it's not a it's not a great thing to have on the resume, and not that it matters. I'd be interested to know the reading. I mean, did he did he stay over at somebody's house, and? Yeah, did he barely blow over because he maybe thought, oh, he was okay to drive? Because he, he stayed over at a friend's house and right. got up in the morning, and the uh, Hamilton Police Service will tell you that's why they write, they run ride programs in the morning because guys, you know, they get into it and they drink till 3 o'clock and then they get up at 7 and think they're fine and they're not and shouldn't be driving. Was that the case or did he just hammer it right through all night? And that first one? And fall into his car and say, I'm going home, I'm Tiger Woods. That first one? not excusable, but it's m- more understandable in some way. If you thought that, you know, I was okay and you felt okay and it was just over the limit. It doesn't excuse it still, but you can sort of say, okay, I could, well, but if you, if, if you there's can, an excuse for it and their rating, blow rate is the same as ours at 0.05 or, uh, which is a warrant, you know, you lose your license for three days or at 0.8 and he was 0.9 or 1 and said, guys, I, you know, I, so I played golf and I had a bunch of beer and sat around and shot the Felt fine. Yeah. Till two o'clock in the morning, stayed at my buddy's and then uh, headed home at six uh, thirty. I mean, there's a, it, it's not, the excuse isn't going to go well, but that's a palatable story. 
But if he blows, you know, like 3.6, you're going, wow. And again, I don't want to make it. Everybody should know by now that if you've had two or three, even two or three. I mean, some people would say one drink, and and that's 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 good too. That's good too. But even two or three drinks, you don't drive. You just don't do it. And and to get over the limit, you have to have had more than one or two drinks. You there's not a human alive. No, I don't think that could actually blow over the limit after one drink. So it's it, to me, it's just stupidity. And you touched on it, Don. This is a guy who is worth. Over a billion dollars. Surely there's got to be some part of your brain that is wired to say, be smart enough to protect that investment. I've built this whole thing to be the brand. Don't throw away the brand overnight. Why does he have a full-time limo driver anyway? If I was a billionaire, I probably wouldn't be driving myself around all the time. Well, look, if O.J. Simpson had been smart enough to have a limo driver, he wouldn't have uh, his own guy. He probably would be, you know... Different story, too, in people's eyes. But here's the interesting argument, though, about guys that get nailed like that. And, you know, if, and, and I don't know um, what he coughed up. He didn't look good in the mug, mug shot. That but mug shot. If people haven't seen the mug shot, go online and look at the mug shot. That is, t shirts right now are being printed with that picture on it. That is, that's not a flattering look. That is not a flattering look. But for, so if he, if he got nailed and he, was like 3.2 or, you know, like four times the limit. I always wonder about the argument when they say he should have known better than to drive. My conversation would be he was too hammered to know know better to do anything. I mean, he may have wet himself because he's not smart enough to get it off. When you're that hammered, but holy you, but, crap, you shouldn't make any decisions on anything. But people, see, let I... Let alone driving what to eat. I still... Uh, I, I, I disagree with the part of it because I still think that y- people still know even when they're that drunk, you don't drive. It's just it's been be- it's yeah. been beaten into us so much, and that when you go to put the key in the car, the key in the ignition, you know you're an idiot. You know, and there's a thought process involved in doing it. If you can actually put the mental acuity together to have the dexterity to open the car and then sit down and put the key in the ignition, you're thinking about something. You're you're, you're knowing you're about to drive. And so I, I, like I, don't, I don't offer any excuse for that whatsoever. You know what's changed a lot in the last 20 years? Um, guys like that getting off. Yeah, so you know what? 20, you're right. 20 years ago, a cop probably gives him a little nod and a wink and says, here, sign an autograph for me and take a picture later on. Give me some, give me some tickets to a uh, tournament or something. 25 years ago, if a cop pulled a cop over, there's a pretty good chance he was, he was uh, going to get a friendly uh, wave through. And nowadays the world's changed. Like well, you and just this, can't let guys that are hammered go. And this is not O.J. Simpson, right? Like it, there's no way that even back in the day when O.J. Simpson was at the height of his popularity with what happened with him, there's no way the cops are going to turn a blind eye to a double murder. But for a drunk driver who's not hit anybody yeah. and has just pulled off to the side of the road, it would have been very easy. You could make the argument that Tiger Woods may be one of the most famous athletes worldwide of all time. Absolutely. And maybe if he's second to anybody, it would be Muhammad Ali. I think you could put Michael Jordan in that category. Michael Jordan, yeah, but and Ma- you could Michael put- Jordan played almost exclusively an American sport. Yeah, but he American was a worldwide dominated. he was a worldwide brand. When you saw him in the ninety two Olympics in Barcelona, yeah. everybody at the Olympics. And there's a lot of places play there's a lot of places play basketball. And I would also another name I would put in that list who might might be ahead of Tiger Woods and I think probably would be is Pele. 
Yeah. Um, but there's not many. Like you're talking yeah. all time. You're Ronaldo talking, now. I would say he would be in the top five all time. He kept his shirt on. He wouldn't be in the top five. But who? Ronaldo. Well, yeah. Uh, Looks like you with no shirt on. At least he doesn't look like Diego Maradona with no shirt on that. But no, I, I just look at this now and I think, what what is possibly left for Tiger Woods? Like he can't be, he, he's not a good golfer at this point. I mean, compared to you or me, he is, but relative to the pros out in the, on the circuit, he is not a good golfer. He's bro, his body is broken down. He's become a laughing stock because of the whole dalliances, whatever you want to call it, with dining, with diner waitresses and porn stars and all the rest. So, and I really believe, I, I, I truly believe, I said this before, I truly believe that that, that, that there was a direct connection between him getting busted with his affairs and his career going down the tube. Some people say, well, it was just his body giving out on him. Tiger Woods, the whole Tiger Woods aura and mystique was intimidation. And when he now is not causing fear in other golfers, but almost pity or humor, or I'm, I guarantee you there were jokes in the clubhouse about Tiger Woods. When, when you're no longer feared and when you're, no, when you're walking the course now and you know the people are snickering at you instead of in awe of you, I think that would be impossible to play the same game. And now you've got this on top of that. You don't, I guarantee you that the next time he sets foot on a, on a golf course for a tournament, there is someone in the crowd who's going to offer him a drink. John Daly. John Daly won a tournament a couple of weeks ago. First time in a long time. But John Daly was always... John Daly wore that for a long time, and it was... But he was, that, he was fine with that. He was the clown prince. I was going to say he was good at it. He was like a cartoon character, right? Everybody long, it's smoking, and it, he doesn't drink now. But I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if he does or not. I can't remember. I, I haven't kept up on the trials. and I, I can tell you that down at the Masters this year, John Daly was set up two blocks from the front gates of Augusta at a Hooters restaurant every night doing uh, doing whatever John Daly does in a Hooters. <laughs> I'm not sure what. I didn't drop in. I should have. I, re, I, I look back and I go, that probably would have been a good story to go in and... Eating chicken wings. Eating I'm chicken sure. wings and talking with the Hooters girls, I suppose. All the time. I just I, I look at this and I just think y- y- there is a very good chance now that we do not see Tiger Woods. Did you see the back. pictures of some of the girls that he had allegedly fooled around with? Yes, hop girls. Yes. yes, we should have known any drank. Who are you talking with now, John Daly or Tiger Woods? Tiger Woods. I don't know if Tiger. Well, yeah, he drinks obviously a little bit, but I, or more than a little bit. I when I say a little, I, he he drinks on occasion. I'll say is that's all we know at this point. I, I just look at this whole thing and I think we may, it's it's as likely as not that we don't see Tiger Woods on a golf course again. Yeah, he could shut her down now. What would be the what would be the use for him? He's got all the money you could ever spend in a hundred lifetimes. He doesn't need the dough. He he, he may want to come. I mean, why would he want to go come back? And what was um, when he cleaned himself up and everything else? He was going to start practicing his religion again and. Um, Straighten everything out. Do the you know do the proper things the way he was raised by his mother, and all this stuff. Apparently, that was that speech must have been written for him. Oh, you think? I guarantee you that speech was written for him by his people. I don't know who's writing the next one though. I don't think I can help him with this one. That's who else has got to feel pretty uh, panicked about this, because Tiger Woods has all the money in the world. Think of all the as you say his people, the the. The agents and everyone else whose livelihoods are also riding. Like he's Tiger Woods is a business. 
He's an industry. Yeah. He's an industry. And there's a lot of people whose livelihoods, they don't have a billion dollars. Yeah, his, his sports agency firm may have laid four people off today. Could well be. Honestly, because... I mean, it, he, is, he is an industry within himself, right? And I don't. I assume he's still with Nike, but... Well, they didn't Nike pull out on him for a while there after uh, after that whole sex scandal? There were a bunch of them that did. Here's the thing. I heard someone today, we got to go to break. I heard someone say today that this is unfair to this guy because he didn't hit anyone, he didn't kill anyone, and he's just a person who got caught drunk driving, and why don't we give the same attention to everybody else? And to that answer, I always go back to, there's a line in the Bible that says, to whom much is given, much will be required. This is just a, a, a thing. If you are going to make yourself an image that is the upstanding family man, great golfer, right living person, and become wildly famous and enormously rich. Role model. Role model, exactly. And not just a role model on the golf course. Like, this is the man that you want to emulate. You want your kids to be Tiger Woods. And when that goes away, and then this happens, it is very different from the average person. This is entirely different from the average person because the average person has not made a living off the public by presenting something that turns out to be a fraud. And so I got, I I have no problem with this stuff. I mean, I have a problem with him doing this, but when it happens, if you're going to live off the public, you owe the public then when you screw up that the public gets to know that they don't have to keep providing you a living. He's kind of gone from being Bill Clinton to Bill Clinton's brother. No, he's kind of gone from being Bill Clinton to Bill Clinton. Remember Bill Clinton's brother, Billy? Roger. Didn't they have uh, Bobby Beer? Well, that was uh, Carter. Was it? Oh, Carter, right. right, Yeah, Billy Carter. Yeah, yeah, Billy Beer. Yeah, it's... uh, So now he's he's played both cards. I find... uh, Ultimately, I find this to be a very sad story. I really do. It's not a good story for anybody. It is... This is a story of a guy who had everything. And he still has everything. But it's a different kind of thing. How do you... How do you enjoy everything if you can't really go out of your house now because in a lot of cases you're a joke. That, that to, see, that to me, we, I say we got to go. That to me, I think for him would be the toughest thing. That's the sad part, right? That he now knows that when he walks out, he is the object of derision and in some cases scorn, but there are going to be Tiger Woods jokes everywhere. The late night comedians are going to be doing Tiger Woods jokes. The guy who was once totally intimidating and the pinnacle of success and propriety is now the punchline. That's, that's got to be really tough. Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Exactly. Mike Tyson, O.J. Simpson, all these guys, that's got to be killing them. And it's going to kill him. I hope not literally. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. Stanley Cup Finals start tonight. First of all. Who's playing? Are you surprised by the two teams that are in the Stanley Cup Finals, Nashville and Pittsburgh? Nope. I'm a little surprised Pittsburgh made it back, considering they have the entire Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Penguins defense now, since all their main defensemen are gone. And I think that's what actually gives Nashville a chance here, because Pittsburgh has the great offense, Nashville has the great defense. If Pittsburgh had their number one or their main defensive guys, I don't give Nashville any chance in this series at all. But they don't, and so who are you picking right now? I, I won't make you tell me how many games. Just who do you think is going to win? Pittsburgh. So I think Nashville. Okay, I don't have any, I don't have anything to back it up. So. Why though Pittsburgh? 
Why, why would you think that Pittsburgh would be the team that would? Because they got a 50-50 chance of being right. <laughs> I don't bet against Sidney Crosby anymore. When you have one of the best players in the planet on your team, whether it's Gretzky and it's going to be McDavid soon or Bobby Orr or Merrill Lemieux, when you have those guys that can go to another level and the cast of characters around them, I think those guys can lead them. Um, the fly in the ointment is going to be how good Nashville's defense is and how good um, Rene can be in net. And Pittsburgh are in a really unique situation where they have two goaltenders that could actually be playing in the Stanley Cup Finals and have proved it this year in the playoffs. Both have won a Stanley Cup. The bad part is you can only play one at a time. So, And I don't think goaltending is going to be an issue, but... It'll be if Pittsburgh can penetrate the defense of the uh, Nashville Predators, but I would probably pick Pittsburgh because of Sidney Crosby. See, I'm taking I'm taking Nashville only because of the defense. They always say, and I think in this case it is the truth, the defense wins championships. I hate it. I, I, I'm not hating the Predators. I, I hate the old adage that exists because I think it leads teams to try to play defensively all the time rather than trying to create offense. I mean, since we've had exceptions, you know, the Oilers back in the 80s and the Canadians in the 70s, but you look around, how many times did the New Jersey Devils win a Stanley Cup final? And heaven knows they had no offense. They had Niedermeyer and Scott Stevens and Martin Brodeur, and you win a cup. And there are other teams. You go down the list. I mean, Boston, when they won their cup a few years ago, they played Zidane Ochara 45 minutes a game when he was at his best. Um, there's a lot of teams that have just, let's let's just keep the score down and find that. That's why, among other reasons, specifically the fact that they stole the team from Hamilton, but that's why I was so glad the Ottawa Senators were out. Because I absolutely, as much as Guy Boucher, a Hamilton Bulldog, former coach, great guy, good human being, I think that the game plan that he employed with the guys that he had, he only had this choice to do it. I think it was terrible for hockey. I know they had the one big game where they exploded for six or seven goals, whatever it was, but by and large, it was let's try and keep it to one goal from the other team or less, and let's grind it out and wait for one mistake. I think that's horrible for hockey. So you want to cheer for another team that could have been in in Hamilton? Look, the two teams that are in the finals, both at one time or another, both within a year of each other, were going to be Hamilton teams. Remember Jim Balsillie? made a bid for, well, first of all, with Mario Lemieux in 2006, I believe 10 years ago, he actually had an offer that was accepted by Mario Lemieux and the Penguins. And when the NHL put a clause on the deal that said you can't move the team without our permission, he pulled out of that deal. I was down in Pittsburgh the night they had an inter- interview, uh, they had a, a press conference in the first intermission of a game that the Penguins played the day that that deal happened. I was sitting in the room with Mario Lemieux and Jim Balsillie, and it was all great, and everybody in the place knew the plan was to move the thing to Hamilton. And when that was blocked, I think it was the next year that it was uh, the Nashville Predators were attempted to be purchased by Jim Balsillie, and the NHL again said you can't move the team. And then he went to Phoenix, to Arizona, and tried to get it, but... Yeah. And now he says uncle. Well, we've got so we got two teams that both should be Hamilton teams playing for the Stanley Cup, which will drive some Hamilton people crazy as well, of course, because this would mean that um you know, the cup could be coming here if things were a little different in the world. Well, whoever wins it should bring it back and drive it through town anyway, you know. As, just as a courtesy. As a courtesy. <laughs> you're, you're, the, you could have. you're the you're the symbolic part B 
owners of this thing. So we're going to drive it downtown. We're going to have a Stanley Cup parade for the the fictional Stanley Cup parade. Are Pittsburgh going to get any of their defensemen back? I don't know. But you know what is amazing about Pittsburgh's defense? Um, Two guys who are going to get a lot of playing time in this series for the Pittsburgh Penguins, Ron Hainsey and Trevor Daly, at one time were defense partners for the Hamilton Bulldogs. And, I mean, it was years ago. Ron Hainsey played here in the 2003 team that went to the finals against the Houston Arrows and lost in front of a sold-out Game 7 crowd at then Cops Coliseum. He was on a team with Mike Komisarek and Thomas Placanek and a bunch of other, Jason Ward. And well, that's what we should cheer for. Or Ryan Ellis because he's from Flamborough. And P.K. Subban because he played here. Yeah. You know um, what? I don't care who wins. I'm ho- well, you know what? <laughs> you asked me who to pick, but I'd be happy with either one. It wouldn't bother me if Nashville won a Stanley Cup. You know what wouldn't bother me about it? And I thought it would because I generally hate it when Gary Bettman's flight of fancy southern expansion cities win one and people in Toronto and around here who are Leaf fans are still waiting. That generally drives me nuts. When Florida makes it to the finals or when Tampa makes it to the finals, love Dave Anderchuk, but, you know, or when when San Jose gets there last year or when the Anaheim Ducks or whatever, all these teams that are in the South, you know, Phoenix hasn't done it yet, but that always drives me a little crazy. But when you watch Nashville's fan base, it looks like... I love it, eh? It looks like that city, not just the... Remember when, like some places you say, oh yeah, they've got 16,000 people in the building, but that's the entire fan base in the entire city. Chicago was like that for a long time. Absolutely they were, under Bill Wirtz, and then his yeah. son changed it, under Rocky Wirtz changed it. But there's a lot of places where you go, that, that, those people in the building are the entirety of the fan base. Nashville, if you look around and you read stories, that city, the entire city has jumped on board with this thing. And have for a while. This isn't new. I mean, they, they did. I mean, their building wasn't half full throughout the year. They've been selling out for a long time. They have, but again, I, it's inter- I, I'm not sure how much of this is situational, that this city is this on board with it. It'll help everything now. It helps everything when you get there. But look at, I mean, we've talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the show, about the, about the anthem singer who was bent out of shape because uh, he's been bumped. But look, look at who they're trotting out, yeah. who are willing. That's, this is the biggest thing. It's not that yeah, they, they'll come. It's not that they've yeah. asked, Kate, I mean, uh, what's her name? Uh, Underwood, you know, Carrie, Carrie Underwood. Underwood. Well, her husband is the captain of the team. Of course, she's going to show up. She but, comes to the game anyway. But start naming up the, the other huge country stars who are coming out to do this. Yeah. The fact, they probably get a pair of tickets. Like they're not being paid a hundred grand to come out and sing the anthem. And they are lining up to come and do the national anthem. Think of this was in Los Angeles. Do you think in Los Angeles that would be the case? that they could call on any celebrity in Los Angeles and the person would say, oh, of course, the Kings are in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I'm there. Uh-huh. I think what helps is there's an awful lot more singers in Nashville than there is in L.A. I'm just saying if you were in L.A. and you yeah. wanted to have someone come and drop the puck. Yeah. I don't think you would be able to just call up some guys and some women in Los, Los Angeles, some star, and say, hey, come out and do this. You know what the first question would be for a lot of them? How much, how much is it paying? Yeah, McNeil did, though. He got him to come. Come watch the games. There were some. Tom, Tom Hanks was there and Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell and, and Sylvester Stallone. And there were a bunch. But again, this is, this is, it seems like everybody in Nashville has bought into this. And so because of that, I, I'm, I'm okay with the Southern or Southern-ish team, in this case, winning it. Even though, let's say, generally, I'm, I really hate that. I'm okay with this because they look like they really appreciate this well, game. Let's talk about the Hamilton connection and the fact that Ron Joyce should own an NHL team in Hamilton and Ottawa build an arena. 
That's uh, why I can't on, cheer for for Ottawa ever because that was supposed that that was supposed to be Hamilton's team more than any other. Correct. More than any other. Here's the difference between Nashville and Ottawa. Nashville sold out all their playoff games. Yeah, isn't that embarrassing? I don't think you can count them as a Canadian team any longer. And I like Chris Young. He used to work for the Bulldogs, yep. and he's up there. Great guy. Uh, Crawford, John John Forget is their equipment manager. Crawford, or, Mark Crawford. Yep. Uh, they have a lot of wonderful people, but boy, their fans suck. There are there are lots of can't reasons. Sell out? Are you kidding me? There are lots of reasons why Ottawa should be a very lovable team. But I think if you are a Hamiltonian, you cannot, based on the history, you can't cheer for Ottawa. That is that team should be a rule. Was stolen from Hamilton, and I'm I'm not just being sour grapes. That team that they made up stories when that bid was going in about money and everything else. It was. It was ridiculous, and the NHL. And kudos to them because the NHL bought every one of their stories. Well, so did Tampa. It's true. No, it's true. Tampa, but, Tampa played in the Cow Palace, then they played in the Dome. All right, but there was never going to be two expansion teams into Canada that year, right? They were always going to be going to the states somewhere. So we just hate Ottawa. I, as far as I'm concerned, the Ottawa team is the one that yep. was supposed to be here, and so if you're a real Hamiltonian. And you're cheering for Ottawa. You're cheering against yourself because that should have been Hamilton. That should have been the Hamilton, whatever. And it would have been a heck of a lot better name than the Senators. I'll tell you that. Why would you name your Why would you name your team after a bunch of unpopular politicians? That's that was the name of the old team. No, it was the Ottawa Silver Seven. Sorry, I guess that's a little weird. Well, like why not call that? Would be like in the states, the Washington Congress. Like it would do. Why not? Let's come up with the most unpopular thing we can actually do. Come up with a branch of the political sphere that everyone in the country either hates or finds no reason for. Everybody wants the Senate disbanded. And so, yeah, let's name ourselves after them. That seems like a good idea. Mike Duffy doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what Mike Duffy wants these days. We haven't heard much from he him lately. He wants lead. Oh, that is, that is cold. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. Don, you mentioned um, Tiger Woods. We did Tiger Woods already. You mentioned Sidney Crosby a few moments ago. You would never bet against him. Does Sidney Crosby have to win this Stanley Cup to establish himself as one of the great players? Does he need a third Stanley Cup to be considered in the pantheon of the all-time greatest of the greats? I don't think so. It Certainly wouldn't hurt, right? You, I think his because uh, Gretzky had four, Lemieux had two or three. I can't remember how many Mario had. Messier but, had five. Messier had five or Messier six. Messier had six. He had six. Five in Edmonton and one in um, the New guaranteed York. win yep. in New York. Yeah. So it 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 doesn't uh, certainly doesn't hurt, but I think what would carry the day for him is the overtime gold medal game. Yes, yes. I don't think he needs to because there's a lot of great players that have never won a Stanley Cup. And, you know, there's a lot of guys in the Hockey Hall of Fame that are in there because they were on teams that won Stanley Cups. You're right about that 2010 Olympic gold medal goal, though, because, you know what, even if Sidney Crosby scores no points in this final and is a non-factor, it's very difficult for anyone to say he's a guy who wilts under pressure with that goal in his resume. That will always no. He's done that. That, that was a Paul Henderson goal. Right? There's three. There's three of those goals in Canadian hockey history. One was Gordon Hamilton here. One was Gretzky Lemieux. One was Sidney Crosby, and one was Paul Henderson. I don't yep. think you can. I don't think there's a fourth one that can go into that nope. pedestal. But you know, I I, <laughs> I always find the. I, I heard a lot of discussion Saw them today. All. Did you? Yeah, well, live. 
Yeah, I was in Russia that night. No, I saw them. My parents were in Russia that night. They were in the arena. Really? Yeah, they were there. Buddy of mine, Don Sheardown, God bless him, now was uh, was there. Yeah, that was, there's a, you know, there was, I think there was three to 5,000 people there, and, and uh, if you talk to everybody that says they know somebody that was there, there was 40,000 there, but, yeah, that was pretty cool. Oh, I saw him on TV. I, I did see uh, the musical The Cops live. Yep. I was sitting with Ken Hobart and Mike Dirks, Curtis uh, uh, Bat in the far end. It was great. Larry Murphy was a decoy. I just I, I always find it funny because I heard a lot of discussion today, leading into this final, with a lot of people taking the position that you know Sidney Crosby really has to win this cup to really pl- place himself among the greatest of the greats, and I, I don't think so. I always wonder when people talk about that because I disagree with it. If it's a truly a team game, and Sidney Crosby has been the best player on a team that's now in the finals for the how many times has he been in the finals? Is this his fourth time in the finals? I think. Yeah. Even if he gets no points, you know the other team's best for best defense for defensive lines and defensive pairs are going to be on against Sidney Crosby. So he's opening things up for other guys. Yep. It's the argument about is Dan Marino one of the great quarterbacks of all time because he never won a Super Bowl. Jim Kelly. Well, Mark Rippon won a Super Bowl. Would you take in a draft if you were starting a team, would you take Mark Rippon over Dan Marino? Mark Rippon's a nice Canadian kid, I understand, but there's not a person who's not on no. meth who would take Mark Rippon over Dan Marino if you were having a draft from the start. And so, you know, the idea that somehow, in my mind, that Sidney Crosby needs to win this to establish himself. I, don't, I said it, 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 would, uh, it would help. I don't think he needs help. All right, we got a minute and a half. So let me put it this way. And this is an impossible question to do in a minute and a half. What players would be, in your mind right now, ahead of Sidney Crosby in the all-time list of great players? Active Players. Players. Would he be in the top 10 all time? Absolutely. Okay, so who's ahead of him? Gretzky, Orr, Lemieux, Rocket Richard, Gordie Howe. That's five. Oh, I'm getting a headache. Uh, probably uh, Patrick Waugh, maybe Marty Bordeaux. You said ahead of him? Yeah. Or just in the top 10? I'm just saying, who would you put as guys that you would, if you were, if it was a draft if of I'm, all time? If I'm rating them? I would probably take him after uh, Gretzky and Orr. As number three overall. Yeah. It's a thing we'll never know because we don't get to be able to choose times, but I would have loved to have seen what Sidney Crosby would have done in the 80s era when there wasn't, when it was so wide open and when you could score on goalies two steps over the blue line. I would say the top four players of all time are Orr, Gretzky, Orr, Lemieux, Crosby. Interesting. Quick break. Think about that yourself. Figure out where you'd put Sidney Crosby in the list of all-time great players. Discuss among yourselves. We'll be back to give you the proper, well, Don just gave you the proper answer, to hear yours. Radley at 900CHML.com if you want to weigh in on that one. Where should Sidney Crosby be in the all-time list of players? Who's ahead of him? Send me an email. The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900. AM 900 CHML.